my entire legal career, even owning my own law firm, I was still a technician through all of that. I was rarely even stepping into management at that point. Right? And, and I'm calling myself a, a law firm owner. I, I, I still had employee mentality even as the owner of the law firm. And I think stepping away from that and seeing that, no, I think that was the turning point. Uh, I seriously, sure. right? Per, yes. per, permission yourself to be a business owner, even though you're a lawyer. Hey, law firm owners, welcome to the Your Practice Master podcast. We're your hosts, MPS, and I'm Richard James. Welcome to today's show. And today we're joined by attorneys Will and Kelly Grafton. Super excited to have you on the show. Super excited to learn a little bit more about your journey. Will and Kelly, welcome on. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to have them because these are these are some of the OGs, right? Yeah. Of our world. And they they are the they are officially winners of the Entrepreneurial Attorney of the Year contest. What year was that, guys? Was it 2018 or 19? 19? We won for 2019. Yeah. 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 yeah in yeah. 2020. That's right. 2019. So right before, right before everybody went through a little bit of hell. So so here we are on the other side of that story. I can't wait to hear about what's going on. So Michael, you want to lead us off? Yeah, absolutely. So look, one of the little fun icebreakers we like to do is starting with something that someone else probably doesn't know about you. So you guys can both go or you can go collectively together just to break the ice for the audience a little bit. Hmm, something that somebody doesn't know. Well, I'll go while you think about uh, it. I used to work in <laughs> professional sports before becoming a lawyer. Uh, I worked for the Baltimore Orioles for six years. And then after that, I was with Ticketmaster and I used to run around the country to all the professional sports teams and universities and theaters and teach them how to run their businesses better. So it was a little bit kind of like you guys do, but a totally different world before law school. Are, are, there, per, are there perks? Like do you get great seats or get to meet any of the players well, or? Sure. When, when I worked for the team, absolutely. And I still have a lot of friends that work in a lot of ballparks and stadiums across the country. I'm not one for calling nice. in favors too often, but I'm, I think I could. I don't know. I'm, when I, when I hit six, oh, I might be calling you in for some favor for yeah. something somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. One of my, one of my big numbers here, Kelly, I didn't know this. I, I now have this information in the back of my pocket. Well, there this you go. Good. Thank you so much. <laughs> Let's put it this way. We didn't have any trouble getting playoff tickets for the Orioles when they were having their playoff runs. We didn't have any trouble getting World Series tickets when it was in Philadelphia or, you know, other nearby areas. Right. So some of the harder to get tickets. Some of those favors came in handy. That's great. How about you, Will? Let's see. Well, a lot of people don't know that I got to Maryland by way of Hurricane Katrina in 2005, where I was running a successful law firm that got completely wiped out. Hmm. Everything I owned was destroyed and I had to rebuild my whole life from nothing. But look that, at what you have today. Yeah, that, 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 well, what's really fascinating to me is both of these things are truly things I do not know. This is actually kind of interesting. That <laughs> This is very interesting to be able to, to get a scoop on. So, wow, that. Well, kudos to both you and Kelly, because that's pretty impressive to where you're at now to say that you rebuilt from Hurricane Katrina to now. Super exciting. I'm curious. So obviously 
we talk about entrepreneurial, the tourney of the year, 20, 2019. Here we are. We talk about the, the journey from Katrina to now. But talk a little bit about that journey. So so as as a law firm owner, what did your entrepreneurial journey look like? Well, we could go back to the beginning when we were sharing a desk in a small basement office facing each other for several years, you know, as husband and wife and partners, you know, that was, it was either going to make us really close or drive us crazy. And, and it, it did a little bit of both. And then from there to expanding our business and, and connecting with this network of attorneys and, and really from there, just exploding our growth. I think from my perspective, the first couple of years, we weren't committed. We weren't sure we were going to do this entrepreneurial thing. We both came from big law firms. I, I was at one of these, you know, tall tower, you know, big law places for five or six years. And I was still sort of looking for that, again, the stable income, the somebody else has to worry about the rainmaking. And I just get my salary and bill out $1,000 an hour and life is good. But we were building our family at the same time. And I knew I couldn't do that in a big law firm. And Will presented us with this opportunity because I said to him, I said, I, I want to learn something that I can be an expert at. I was a litigator. I'm an appellate attorney. But I said, I, I want a subject matter that I could become an expert in. And he says, well, why not bankruptcy? That's what I've been doing for however many years it had been at that point. So we hung a shingle and said, yeah, let's be a bankruptcy firm. But for a couple of years, we were still only had our toe in there. We weren't sure we wanted to do it. It wasn't. You still kept your job for a while, right? Oh, Kelly? yeah. Yeah. I was still working full time elsewhere until somewhere in 2019. I forget. I actually took my last case to trial at the end of 2019. I have not been practicing independently since then. I've been running the business. So we were able to sort of replace my income that I was getting elsewhere as well with just this bankruptcy practice. So I've got a plus one on that, Michael, if you don't mind. The, the, you know, I think a lot of small business owners, business owners in general, hope for this, I dream of genie moment, you know, nod your head and it's all there, right? And it's instant. What, what's the truth about the length of that journey? How, how long did this take from sharing a desk and, you know, still having a job to pay the bills while you're trying to figure it out till... Now, or I know you're still figuring things out. There's always things that change, but, you know, revenue is steady, growth that is heavy. And, you know, you made it through the dark times of the pandemic. How long, how long did that whole thing take? I mean, it's still ongoing. Right. As an entrepreneur, I, I don't, you know, I guess when, we, when you stop that growth or stop that development, I, I think that's when you kind of stack, start to stack. Yeah, but I think. How about to the point that you felt like you, okay, we, we can do this. That's, I guess that's the real yeah. question. So I would say it was a good four years, you know, of us sharing yeah. that basement office, literally kneecap to kneecap. He had the, the side of the desk with no leg room. I had the side with the leg room because I'm, you know, the female, I guess. And, and we did that for pretty much four or five years. Now we had our kids at that time. So I had some time off here and there, but yeah, it was, it was several years. And then we decided to move out of the basement and get our own place, put our name on the wall. And when we did that, that's when things became official, I think. And we've yeah. grown from, you know, just the two of us and no staff to 16 staff members or so. And, you know, we're a real live place now. 
<laughs> I'd say so. Yeah, for sure. I'd say so. I think an early tagline of this show, I like that, Rich. Revenue, steady, growth, heavy. That's, I, I like that. You like that? Okay, good. good. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, uh, so look, obviously in any journey, it's a journey. So there's high points, there's low points. For you guys, what was one of those low points that you learned something from that you were able to to, to take from and down? I think we might, we might have different answers here. I, I would say it was just a prior year where we came really, really close to, you know, I, I think we're just at a million dollars in revenue. But then you look at the bottom line and you know, there's, there's, there's nothing there, right? And so you, all this explosive growth, explosive growth, explosive growth. But then, you know, on the other side of that, there's the explosive growth and expenses. And sometimes, you know, one of those things where you, you keep your eye on this thing over here and making sure it's doing what it's supposed to, but you, you take your eye off, off the, the bottom line, right? And you don't get that separation that you want to have. I, 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 by the way, I need to comment on that. I mean, it's real. You know what I mean? When you're growing that fast, it, it's so hard to pay attention to everything. I mean, we have to, right? But it's so hard to pay attention to everything, which is why it's really important that we build in our salaries to at least make sure we're paid and we're getting paid out of the business. And then, and then we, you know, if we're investing monies back in for growth, that's a that's a conscious decision. If we're if we're not making money to the bottom line. Because our eye is off the ball, that's an unconscious decision, and we, we can. The good news is we can fix it. We can do something about it. Kelly, Kelly, do you have a different answer? I think I can just plus one on on Will. I think this, the lowest part or the scariest part for me, because I, you know, I I've, I've lived through financial insecurity. I grew up in financial insecurity, so for me, it's how quickly things can change. You know, even when you think you're watching everything, we we had a a. a out of staff turnover early summer, late spring of last year, where we switched over basically an entire department. But unfortunately, it was our revenue generating department. It was our pre-filing department. That's where we get mm. our revenue from. If we don't file cases, we don't get to keep the money. You know, we keep our money in trust. It's great. It's there, but I can't use it. And so we had a dip in our filings for two or three months. And mm. although we ended up of course, filing more cases last year than we ever had before. And, and all that was well, just that short, brief dip was enough from a bottom line standpoint that there really wasn't the profitability numbers that we wanted last year. I can pinpoint it and it made sense. It was a perfectly normal reason for turnover. People were going on to law school or whatever. So it's so easy to go, well, well, yeah, okay, it's fine. And not realize how long it's going to take to recover from that. So we're we're at it again right now. We're going that entire department again is turning over again. Same reasons: folks going off to law school, getting married, having babies, whatever. But we're we're treating it differently this time. We're paying more attention nice. this time. We're not letting our filings slide by saying, "Okay, well, yeah, of course we're we're short staffed. It's going to happen." We're we're not letting it happen. I'm jumping in in that department. I'm, you know, rebuilding things, building even more systems as we go along to make sure that that doesn't happen again. Now, I've got a I've got a question. So, you guys are intelligent people. 
it's not like you didn't hear maybe other people go through similar scenarios where there was a lagging indicator based on current events, right? So cash flow lagging based on what happened now, getting cases filed in this particular case. So you, you realize something, you had to do something about it, but is it fair to say that you could read about it, hear about everybody else doing it all you want, but until you experience it yourself, it doesn't necessarily become real. Is that, is that a fair statement? And when you do experience it yourself, like you're going to make sure this never happens again. Are those two fair statements, Will, Kelly, whoever wants to take that? Yeah, I, I'd say that is, that's fair. But I would also say that, at least for me, sometimes it's hard to notice in the moment. There is so much going on being a business owner, being an attorney, being a, a, you know, a mother and a wife. And we've got so many people and so many moving parts. It's very easy to lose track of that and not really realize the impact of it until later because your brain doesn't have time to process it. I think you're, we're living in the moment fire to fire so often that it's not fair to, to say, man, you should have seen that or you knew better or whatever, because we just literally didn't have the capacity to see it at the time or do anything about it. Right? Yeah. You know? we, we don't want to wear the should hat. Right. That's for sure. We don't want to should, yeah. should all over ourselves. Yeah. But, but, but I do have a question, Will, like, what do you think? So what's the, what's the solution? So is the solution just realizing it's going to happen, you learn from it, and you fix it so you don't ever let it happen again? Or is there another solution, you think? So I think the solution, at least the solution for us, and probably the solution for, for most businesses, is to focus less on the people in the seat, but focus on what that seat's responsible for. Hmm. And so after we went through that turnover last year, after we turned over that entire department, when we brought these new people in, we really focused on the the role of the seat instead of the role of the person, mm -hmm. right? And so that helped us to develop the systems that we currently have. And so now what we're, what we're able to do is bring people in and say, this is, this is the seat, this is the role, right? Not, you know, these are all of these responsibilities, right? So we're, we're able to put somebody into a system that they can just pick up and go with a well-defined role as opposed to what had been happening is, you know, bringing in people and saying, this is everything that needs to be done. Let's figure it out how to do it for you. Right. I, I think the, the trust, the, the, the way we went about creating systems out of that. And a matter of fact, it was, we had you in our PIP call. Which September, for everybody who's listening is a, is a weekly call that you're on. So that I jumped yeah. on. Uh, so we have, so a weekly meeting that we do with other entrepreneurial attorneys and, and you were a guest on that call with us and went through the processes of collections and document collections. And, and I mean, I just remember we were actually on vacation at the time and Kelly was in the car while I was entertaining the kids and she was just taking copious notes and we left there still on vacation, but working through it to help build these systems, build these seats, build these roles so that when the time came for this turnover again, because it's going to happen, mm. right? That we wouldn't run into that problem of having to just completely rebuild, right? It's, it's, it's plug and play as opposed to completely rebuilding the whole thing. Yeah. 
Michael, it's, it's like they're 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 relying on the system rather than relying on the people. So the people to run the system rather than the other way around, right? Right, and, and we got to have a system, and then we can plug the people in to run the system, and that's that's the formula right there. So you guys obviously experienced that point of recent times, but you did discuss being in a basement, kneecap to kneecap together at a desk. It took you about four years, Kelly, you said. What was the breakthrough moment in that time? Like, wh when was that aha light bulb moment that things started clicking? I got to give it to Rich. Rich, you were our breakthrough aha moment. We had joined your world, sort of. You were sending us stuff on a on a monthly basis that we weren't even opening. We weren't, <laughs> we were committed. We still weren't sure if we were wanting to do this or not. And then we came out to right. one of your events and it happened to be your entrepreneurial attorney of the year contest event where everybody was presenting, you know, what they had achieved in that year. And I was just blown away. And I, I looked at a, at a particular firm and I said, I want to be them when I grow up, you know, mm. none of it was rocket science. I mean, I have an MBA before law school. This, you, you weren't telling me anything I didn't already know necessarily, no. but I, I didn't, I didn't buy it. I, I didn't commit to it. I didn't know that I wanted to do it until I saw it in action. And what was so great for me that day is I went out in the hallway and I went up to that firm that I was so in awe of. And I said, wow, you know, how are you doing this? You know, what's your, what's your secret? And the guy says, well, what's your email address? I'll send you my stuff. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> and fast forward a couple of years, they're that firm is one of our biggest sounding boards and we pass ideas back and forth and they seem to appreciate our ideas as much as we do theirs. And and that was really the turning point for us was coming to that event and realizing well, we can do this. Let's do this. We did. You're not, you're not alone. What, what one man or woman can do, another man or woman can do. I love it. I, I think my answer is a little bit similar, but also different. Sure. As attorneys, we're, we're never taught that the practice of law can be an entrepreneurial adventure, right? It's, it's, you go to law school and you come out of law school and, and it's, you know, crusades, right? It's, you know, zealous representation of your clients and it's all about practice of law and the, you know, the execution of law. It's never about the business of law. And, you know, I've always had an entrepreneurial bent. I mean, I was the kid who was selling, you know, pencils and candy out of my backpack in the fourth grade, but, you know, I never saw that in the law. And then suddenly here we were surrounded by people who were, you know, entrepreneurs and, and they're growing a business, a thriving business. And that business should happen to be a law firm. Right. And so it, it was almost like permission. Mm. Right. And so I think at that point I was like, you know what, that, that is what, that, that's who I am and that's who I should be, but that's not who I've been in this business, in this law firm. And, and the books like Michael Gerber's E-Myth, you know, I, it, what really hit me with that book is he, he talks about you're a technician or you're a manager or you're a leader, right? And for my entire legal career, even only my own law firm, I was still a technician through all of that. I was rarely even stepping into management at that point. Right. And, and I'm calling myself a, a law firm owner. You know, I, I, I still had employee mentality, even as the owner of the law firm. 
And I think stepping away from that and seeing that, no, I'm an entrepreneur. I think that was the turning point. Michael, I think we got a new headline. Per, Seriously. Right? Per, per, yes. Permission yourself to be a business owner, even though you're a lawyer, right? Very um, powerful. Yeah. By the way, thanks for the kudos, guys. I appreciate you giving it to me. It, you know how I feel about this because you've been around me long enough that I've talked to thousands of attorneys through the years, and most of them don't do anything with the information. And, and, and in their defense, maybe like you, they weren't ready yet, right? And so you found yourself ready, and then you went and did the work. And as you both know, it requires a lot of work. And so kudos to you. But thank you. I, I received that, uh, those kind words, and I, I take them to heart. So sorry, Michael, didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're great. I, I thought that was fantastic. Both very excellent breakthrough stories as far as how we got from out of the basement and up to where we're at today. And Kelly, one of the things you had mentioned as part of the journey was the balance of everything, right? Of being a wife, a mom, a business owner, an attorney. So I'm curious, on and Will and Kelly, this is both of you, but on, on a daily basis, what, what are some of the, the habits that you guys take to set yourself up for success during the day? Hmm. I'm not sure that we're very good at this part yet. I'm, I know I'm personally still working on it, on trying to figure out the best way to not be reactionary throughout my day and to stop dealing with fires and, and being more proactive. I guess for me, the best thing I can say is I've built systems, dashboards, you know, I can log into my system. I can look at the dashboard. I can see, you know, the list of things that need to be done. I can see the health of the firm. I can see money coming in, money expected to come in, you know, where we are, how many you know, credit cards did we process last month or whatever it might be, whatever indicators I feel like I need to know that the firm is still, you know, going how many cases do we file, that kind of thing. I can see that all at a glance at my dashboard. So that is the first thing that I do in the day is log into that and see what's going on. I also have, you know, for each of our departments, I have sort of their key indicators on my dashboard as well. So I can see if there's a problem going in with one or the other department. I still end up putting out fires and dealing with whatever pops up all day long. And I got to get better at that. I've been working with with some folks talking with Blaine, you get, you guys know, of course, he's trying to. He hasn't been on here yet, but he's going to be. He'll be here. Everybody will get introduced yeah. to Blaine for he's sure. Definitely. Um, by, the, by the way, Kelly, I I call what you're you're doing is proactive reactiveness, <laughs> right? It, it, it is, you've created an environment where you can proactively build in systems to identify where you're going to be reactive, and and that's not necessarily a bad thing in the stage that you're in. Like but that. your point about daily habits, you know, you want to get better at it. I think that's a, I think we're all striving to continually getting better at appreciate the honesty in that and the transparency. Will, Will, do you, have you developed any habit? Like, are you more habitual? Yes, but it had to be forced on me. And here's what I mean by that. About three years ago, I think, no, four years ago, I started blocking off time on my calendar. Right. Not for not just for me, but for for staff and for other things. So, you know, for instance, it's, it's grown now to three times a day. Now I have 30 minute blocks where my staff has permission to come to me with any questions they have regarding cases. Mm. Right. Before that, I was just getting bombarded 
right? And so you're you're working on something, you're working on something, somebody interrupts with a question. You know, it's not just a two minute question, it's a two minutes of question plus a 15 minutes of getting back on track to what I was doing before. So it was just, I was, it was losing so much time. So that's where I started was just blocking off this time for that, right? And then I discovered, hey, this is powerful, mm. right? So I started blocking off time for other things. I actually have my breaks blocked into my calendar now mm. because if I didn't have them in there, I wouldn't take them. <laughs> I would just keep going. They would fill um, them up with consults. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and no, I also, I also block out, you know, I have a weekly call at three o'clock on Fridays with, with my peers. And so that, that time is, is invaluable to me. So I, that's, that's blocked off the sacrosanct, you know, no, every, and, and that's the thing. Everybody knows it, right? Everybody knows not to violate that time on my calendar. By the and way, so, my version of that is golf on Fridays. Just saying, I love my peers, but I, I tend to like, golf, absolutely. So. And, and, you know, but for me, that, that time with my peers is also not only is it valuable as far as educational to me, but it's also, you know, the sanity, community, a lot of things that are, that are important that. A lot of times when being an entrepreneur and you find yourself kind of on an island, right? You're surrounded by people, you know, employees and clients and other things, but they're, they're not necessarily your tribe. They're not necessarily the people who, who feed you as far as, as, as motivation and energy and, and things like that. So that time is valuable. I've got a, you know, three o'clock on Monday now, boom, blocked off, right? These things that are just valuable to me as a business owner and as a, as an individual, you know, the same thing with my Wednesday nights, right? Got that time. It's, it's just sacrosanct, but it, it all started with, because I'm not good at habits, right? I, I, I would love to be Blaine Elkers when I grow up. <laughs> Wouldn't you know, we all? I, I would love Wouldn't to we have all? That, yeah. that level of, I mean, the, the man is amazing, yes. but I, that's not me. Right. So I, I, I'm meeting me where I am. Right. And so to do that, to force me to get into that habit, right. It took me putting this regiment as something inviolate on my calendar, not just inviolate for my staff and for, for other people who are scheduling for me, but for myself. Michael, what's yours? I did. I, n I never asked you what's your, what's your daily habit that keeps you going? Well, to be honest with you, similar to Will, I've got to block the calendar because if I don't block the calendar, I'm very similar in the fact that I, I'll just kind of keep going until I run out of things to do. <laughs> so I'd say blocking the calendar is a super important habit of mine, and I try to do it a week ahead of time. Yeah. I'll try to block the calendar a week ahead of time for what I know I need to block out for on that week to avoid anything getting booked up. Because obviously, you know, we have sales calls and right now those go onto my calendar. So if it doesn't get blocked, it's going to get taken. By and the way, I, I too forgot to block lunch today. So I'm not eating. I'm not eating. I'm, I'm, I'm not either. I'm, I forgot to block lunch. I forgot today. to block lunch today. I, I made sure I ate an extra big breakfast this morning because I looked at my calendar. I'm like, well, okay, forgot to do that. So I'm not eating. Yeah. I think I know what happened. Doesn't matter. I'm not eating. So, so there's not, it's not one of those days where I'm going to have cancellations. So it's just one of the, you know, sometimes it happens, but it might, I remember my, so we had a, Michael had a family gathering at the house this last week for his bachelor and bachelorette party with him and Delaney and, and everybody was over anyway. I'd stopped over and I just happened to be looking at my calendar and my goddaughter looked at my calendar was like, oh my gosh, that's the most beautiful calendar I've ever seen. And I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, look, look at all the colors. I go, yeah, but do you notice there's no spaces between anything? It, it's there's no spaces at all. She goes, yeah. And then Justin walks upstairs and he sees my calendar up on the. He goes, he goes, 
he goes, can I take a picture of that? I'm like, sure. Why? He goes, because I just want to show everybody how crazy you are. Like, that's insane. Like, my calendar is, I, so we all, yes, living by, the, I have to force myself. Kelly, by the way, I am a weak human. I am not really good at this stuff, like being self-disciplined. I've, I've found out that I'm better with it, so I've become habitual about it. But if you would have went back years and years and years ago, I was terrible at managing my time or, or managing myself around time. And so it's been calendar blocking that has been able to help me. So I'm, I'm addicted to it. Sorry, Michael, I took us down a train there. I just thought that I, we never actually had that question asked of us. And so I figured I would yeah. dive in. Well, and and once Will said that, I was like, yeah, that I mean, blocking the calendar is so important it, it, because if you block it and you build rules of engagement in place for the rest of your team to understand if it's blocked, it's blocked, then it's blocked. And so now that time is your time to do whatever you blocked it for. And that helps set you up for success throughout the day. At least me, it sounds like Will, and I know you, Rich. So so I, I thought that was very well said. But Will and Kelly, obviously, we, we've had a lot of exciting aspects to the journey. What's got you most fired up today? What, what, what's got you excited today? I'm going to say it's that we have another year of 50% growth over the year before. I mean, we're halfway through the year and we're already, you know, done more than we did in the prior year. It's just, it, it feels, it feels really good. I, I keep, yeah. you know, I, I feel like freedom is on the horizon again. I mean, we go up, we go down. And I think once we get this next batch of staff in, you know, things are really going to start picking up. I'm trying to talk Will into some more vacations this fall and early next year, trying to get a few of those on the calendar because that's what freedom means to me is going out and taking our kids and doing things. I'm staying home with them this summer. We decided not to put them in camp because they didn't love all the camps we've tried the last few years. And you know what? They're only young for a short period. So I'm staying home most of the summer and working from here because I can. I don't have a calendar like so Kelly, has. If, <laughs> if if Michael was asked the question, what is something that nobody knows about him? He might have to admit that his father put him and his brother in camp one summer and the camp was only a half day camp, but I needed the full day to get my work done. So I just enrolled him in the half day camp, both in the morning and the afternoon. So he, yeah. he went to a half day camp, then he had lunch with the counselors and then they did the same half day in the afternoon. It was always weird seeing all the other kids leave and we're still there. And it's like, why, why are we still here? Well, I feel that though. I, I get that completely. But the thing is, is you were great at those afternoon exercises oh, and activity. Yeah. <laughs> True. True. We had them down pat. We knew where to run, where to throw, where to kick, and we won everything. <laughs> oh, I, I know. I, I, my both, I owe my both of my kids psychology, psychologist bills or psychiatric bills for how much I screwed them up. Anyway, Will, how about you? What are you excited about? I, you know what? I'm really excited about the growth. I'm really excited about, you know, that I feel like even with the turnover we're having this time, it, it's not setting that panic in here, right? Like, oh no, right? It's okay, well, let's just bring somebody else in. Now, finding people is a challenge. You know, that, that's that we're still in a kind of a, a challenging hiring market and, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, it's not a, it's not a point in our 
growth where we're actually having to redevelop our systems yet again, mm-hmm. right? Because we got new people coming, right? And that's what we've been doing. And just getting over that hump and having this this foundation in place now, it's just such a relief. I agree. And then, I agree. Yeah. Hey, by the way, I want to point something out. So this growth that you're experiencing, I, I, for those who attorneys who maybe don't know, but you, you mentioned that you're in, you focus on bankruptcy and maybe there's folks that aren't in bankruptcy and, and heard that bankruptcies were down, but didn't really know. I mean, bankruptcy numbers and filings were decimated across the country throughout the pandemic. And, and, and while I know that profitability was, was challenging for you through that period for different reasons that you've mentioned before, there were a lot of bankruptcy firms that almost went away or did go away because the, the business was literally gone down to nothing. I don't know that you necessarily grew through that period, and maybe you did, but you, you certainly held fast during that period. And then are, now you're on the other side of it where we're seeing growth go rapidly. Is that, is that accurate? Oh, we, we've more than doubled since Through that period. So, you, yeah. so your market went down and you just gained more market share by using the same systems over and over again. Is that accurate? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 100% the 2019 and the first quarter of 2020 were our best ever. We we thought we had it all dialed in. We we thought we knew everything. It was fantastic. And then of course, you know, the the bottom fell out, but we were able to not only maintain what we had done in 19, which we thought was the most amazing ever, but we grew in 20. We grew in 21, 22. 23. I mean, the, the growth has just been, you know, hand over hand every single year, which is fantastic. I, and I, I don't know, I don't know what to say. We'd be on these, these, these listservs or, or threads or whatever, Facebook with other bankruptcy attorneys. And they're talking about how their phones are not ringing at all. And, you know, we're getting 300 leads a month in the beginning of the pandemic. We were struggling to process them all to actually get back and get in touch with people. So we had a different problem. We had more work than we could handle. So I, I don't know what the secret sauce was necessarily, but I think it was just building up all those years, getting those systems in place, having our numbers, knowing what we needed to do so that we could react. I mean, we switched our entire marketing when the pandemic hit. We went from you know one style to completely different, and we were able to do that. You know, by mid-April of 2020, we had everything new dialed in and ready to go, which I think really did save us. Michael, where do you want to go from here? Yeah, no. Well, I, I want to just ask for other attorneys, law firm owners that would like to get in touch with you, connect with you in any way, shape, or form. What's the best way for them to do that? Not that you have to make mm-hmm. yourself wildly available to every no, uh, you know, to law firm in the world. Right, 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 right. But, but, yeah. but, but if they, because everybody's busy. I don't busy. mind at all. Yeah, but if that you want, you prefer them to reach out to you on social, or do you want to give a general email or something like that? Let's not put out our cell phones. Yeah, that would I, be a good idea. Yeah, 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 no, just just reach out to us through our, our Facebook page. Yeah, Facebook you know, works. Just Grafton Firm um, on fast on Facebook. Info at graftonfirm.com is a good email as well. You know, we have really, really good gatekeepers. So that's why we both kind of chuckled when, you know, how, how do you get a hold of us? I don't know. We got 16 people that stand between you and us, and they're not going to let you through, but right. <laughs> feel free. We do personally monitor those email addresses. We're not the ones responsible for them, right? We got staff members that do that, but you know, I've got info at Grafton Firm on my cell phone. I do look through it, and we, look, we get the Facebook alerts when people you know, reach out to us that way. So yeah, give us a try and, and, and 
stand firm with our gatekeepers. And I'm sure it. they'll let you through it. Sometime. Yeah. And one of the best ways for everybody to do it is to comment on this, on this, and we can always get those comments or questions. Well, uh, Michael, why don't you talk about the gentleman's agreement real quick? Speaking of these comments. Sure. Yeah. So look, all we ask is we've got the gentleman's agreement. If this is not your first time listening or watching to the podcast and you've gotten value from it, we invest our time, money, and resources into the podcast to make sure you get value. So all we ask for in return is that you take a moment, you like, you comment, and depending on what platform you're listening or watching on, you either click that follow button or that subscribe button and turn those bell notifications on so you can continue getting more value from this. And while I'm at it, I just want to personally thank Will and Kelly. Thank you guys very much for for coming. I think this was super helpful, very insightful, and a lot of value bombs dropped throughout this. Yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously, I've been watching your journey from the very beginning. I, I remember meeting you at that event when you saw that EAY finalist on stage and having Will and Kelly say, we're going to be them someday. And, and you were. And it's been a real journey to watch your a real joy to watch your journey. And yeah, well, you're right. It's never over. We're, we're always in this game. I'm back to working more hours before I did on Wednesday in a whole week, and I'm doing it on purpose because I'm on a new journey. And so we choose these journeys ourselves. But the great news is if we do it right, we have the freedom. It builds financial freedom. And Kelly, please schedule those vacations and make Will go with you. Just just go buy them right. and get them to go. You'll The business will be there when you get back, I promise, you, okay? You heard it, Will, direct from Rich. And I know that you do not second guess Rich. So I'm booking Disney World. I'm just saying. It's nice. our son's birthday in January. I love it. I love it. Perfect. All right, All right guys. Make thank you happen. so I'll much. Appreciate you. Thank, thank you very you much. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, this was great. It's a lot of fun. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for sharing.